Um, on that note, here we are at week four of our forgiveness series. How many of you have been around throughout this series for talking about forgiveness? Okay, I expect all of you to have all of this worked out. You've taken care of all of your forgiveness issues, and now you're ready for reconciliation, right? You know, as Brian and I were talking about this, I said, you know, these practice series are so hard because we go through these principles, and they're so important. I mean, I love that he does these practice series because it, it takes, you know, we're learning so much throughout the year, and we're growing, and every week we try and focus on life application, but these series are specifically pointed towards how to apply some of the stuff we've been learning throughout the year and, and how to take steps in our walk. And forgiveness is such a huge one. And I said, there's no way. I mean, some of the things that God's asked me, some of the people that God asked me to forgive took years. And I was trying. But pain doesn't come quickly. And so releasing that, sometimes if you're hard-headed like me, it's hard to let go of. We want to control it. We want to hold on to it. But the whole idea of these practice series is for us to put tools in the toolbox. And not a toolbox that you just stick on the shelf, you know, the one that's back in the back of the garage or that back room where you don't get it out. We're talking about the toolbox to keep in the car or maybe some tools that you keep in your pocketbook or your pocket and, and you're ready for because we'll walk through this and, and I know from conversation with some of you, you've been working through these things. You've already launched in, you've already started and you're experiencing some good stuff. Um, but what we're learning is as much about the past as it is the future. As we run into these situations coming up, we want to handle them better. Um, let me explain it this way. I had a mentor say to me a few years ago, several years ago, the first time I walked through these ideas of forgiveness and reconciliation, um, I remember the freedom I was experiencing and saying, this is so great. I, you know, I just felt like I had this dump trucks of stuff that I just was able to unload first to God and then work through with the people that had hurt me and I had hurt and, and kind of process through it. And he says, okay, good. Now do me a favor and do yourself a bigger one. I said, what? He said, trade in your dump truck for a thimble. Take a minute to process that. You see, if we don't have that toolbox with skills for how to deal with forgiveness issues, we let it build up and it becomes a bitter root of resentment in us and we carry it around. And even if we're, if you're, if you're like me, cause I'm Mr. Happy, I like to keep things fun. I like, so I had this nice little drawer within my soul that I pulled out and I stuff all those things in and then I closed it. Cause I dealt with it. I forgave them, right? Yeah. I just, you know, I, yeah, it's, it's, I, I don't know if I would use the word forgive. I'm, I'm over it, but I wasn't really, it was still there. And I never dealt with it. And eventually that drawer doesn't shut anymore. And you got to deal with it. Well, the neat thing is when we unload that and we walk through these process, I mean, it's been great. I don't know about you all, but every time we do a series on forgiveness or anything like that, it's like just going back through it and really asking God to search me and know me and show me. And I, and I find more things that, hey, I need to walk through this, you know, because we do hurt people. We don't mean to even. You know, some of you are really, really good people, but you still hurt people occasionally. And we all get hurt occasionally, even by people that were well-intentioned and didn't mean to. And if we don't deal with that properly, I mean, Mike and I were talking before the service and we said, it's so important for us to, especially uh, as, as a family of God, as, as the body of Christ, especially for us to, to learn how to, how to say, you, you, you know, I, I don't know if you meant to, but that really hurt. That's hard to do. 
But it's not if we practice it as a regular way of life, as we walk in the way of forgiveness. Because if you know your heart's right in that, I'm not there to point it out or to judge. I'm there because I want our relationship to be right. I want reconciliation. I want to feel good when I see you. I don't want to see you and go, oh. And I bet every one of us has felt that at some time. And so it's important, you know, it's so important for us to do this. I mean, so we don't expect everyone to just, wow, we went through, you know, five weeks on a forgiveness series and now it's all great. But we do expect that you start into this process. I mean, the key is that we don't remain stuck in a life of unforgiveness, pain, and bitterness. It's that we start working through it. I mean, in John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus says, the thief comes to steal and kill and, and, kill and destroy. There went that southern piece, right? Steal and kill. Um, steal and kill and destroy. But I, Jesus, have come to give life and life to the fullest, you know? I, I love it that they may have life and have it to the full. Or I think it's the message translation that says, um, and have it beyond life, beyond their wildest dreams. You know, that's Jesus. He wants us to experience life. And the way of forgiveness is a way of life. It really is. So, I'm not going to re-preach the last three weeks, but I want us to have some thoughts about forgiveness in our minds as we proceed into this idea of reconciliation. So what is forgiveness? Um, forgiveness is not forgetting. We talked about that, you know. In Psalm 103, uh, Psalm 103, 12, it says that as far as the east is from the west, God removes our sin, right? Our, our sin is, he'll remember our sin no more. Well, it isn't that God has holy amnesia, you know. It isn't that he doesn't, God doesn't forget, God knows, but you know what it means? That legitimately means when he says he'll remember it no more, it's, you know, when you're in that discussion, we'll call it, with a friend or a spouse or a significant other, and you're in that healthy discussion, and then one of you remembers that this has happened before, and you go, yeah, like the last time you, that's what it means to remember something. You're bringing it back up in their face. Well, God promises that when we bring it to him and we confess it, when he forgives it, he'll remember it no more. It isn't that he forgot it. It's that he won't hold it against us. Well, he calls us to be those kind of people too. That when we offer forgiveness, we aren't going to forget it. It still hurts. Let's be honest. Over time, the, the pain, the emotion may, may fade. It may ease, and it does. But the reality of what happened doesn't go away. It still happened. And so it's not like you can go, oh, I forgave and now I forgot. Everyone says, forgive and forget. I'm like, well, I've tried. And sometimes, especially as I get older, it happens. But a lot of times, real significant pain, it, it happened. It hurt. But what it does mean is that I won't remember that anymore. I won't bring that and hold that against them anymore. I've forgiven that because God gave me the ability to. And so we're going to walk through that. So forgiveness isn't forgetting. Forgiveness is a choice. I was told this one time, and it really just made so much sense to me. I have to share it. Because I said, what if I can't? And I think some of us have been there where we thought, I know I'm supposed to forgive. I know I want to forgive. But I just can't. And this was, this was shared with me. Remember this. God, as we heard last week, God requires this of us. He says, if you've been forgiven and you want to be forgiven, we must forgive. We need to learn this life of forgiveness based out of the forgiveness we've been given. So if God requires forgiveness of us, don't you think it's something that is possible? 
It has to be possible if God requires it. And so realize that, that it may be hard, but it's not a can't. It's not a can't. It may be a I can only through Christ. Forgiveness means giving up on revenge. Okay? It means letting God deal with this person from his rightful position as the only one worthy of being the judge. We're not the judge. We're not even worthy of judging ourselves, the word says. We're, we're not to be in that seat of judgment. Uh, just remember, we aren't God. He alone is. And so, uh, you know, we need to understand that forgiving our brother or sister, forgiving someone else, isn't just an issue between you and that person. It's really an issue between you and God. It's an issue between me and God. As, as, as God and I are working through this, He's the one requiring me to forgive. It's not, it's not just there. So that's, it's incredible to think about this. Forgiveness is agreeing, now hear this, this is hard. Forgiveness is agreeing to live with someone else's sin. Doesn't mean we let them continue to sin or to hurt us, doesn't, that's not what I'm saying. It means though that that it's going to cost me to forgive. And that's the reality. There are times that it, it, it costs more than others. We pay a price for the hurt we forgive, meaning we let go, we surrender control, right? Now, it's going to be better than holding on to it. But when I have control, I'm holding on to it. I'm in charge. They hurt me, therefore I will hurt them. They may not know I'm hurting them, but in my mind and in my heart, I'm hurting them because I'm mad, and they owe me, and I'm holding on to that. Now, if we stop and look at it, it's pretty ridiculous. I can't stand that I've sat in the seat so many times holding on to this, thinking, wow, I've got control of them. They don't even know. They don't know how angry I am. They don't know how mad I am. They don't know what I'm doing to them in my head. You know, it, it, it's ridiculous, but, but we're there. But God says, as we forgive, I'm going to choose to say, not that what you did is okay, but like Christ on the cross for us, he paid for our sin. He's, it's, the word says, but God demonstrated his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, not after we got everything straightened out, but while we were still in sin, he died for us. And, and so what we have to understand is that it isn't, that we wait until someone comes to me and asks forgiveness. They, they may not even realize what they've done to me. But God requires of me to forgive based out of this same life. If, if Christ lives within me, his nature within me allows me to forgive. And, and I make this choice. Now, I'm letting go. But remember, we're going to live with the consequences whether we forgive or not. What they've done is done. So am I going to choose to forgive so that I don't have to be drug around by that anymore? Or am I going to let that hold on to me and let it fester into a bitter root of, of, of resentment? Because it'll happen. Well, Ephesians 4, 31 to 32 says this. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander. Now hear that. Wow. This isn't think about getting rid of. This is what the Bible says. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of malicious behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. 
And that's the real issue here. It really is. God forgave us. And if we've, if we've made the decision to follow him, to, to, to become a, a, a Christian, to, to, to follow in him and invite him into our lives, we, we now, um, we're forgiven and he lives in us and he now empowers us to live the Jesus life. He empowers us to live a life of forgiveness. All right, so with our minds and hearts fully refreshed on this topic of forgiveness, let's launch in to reconciliation, all right? And to help us walk through this this morning, I'm gonna use a principle from a program called Celebrate Recovery. Um, it's, it's a phenomenal program. It's a Christ-centered recovery program that's based on God's word and the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. And um, a lot of churches use it. Our church back in Colorado um, uh, offered it as a ministry. It's phenomenal. It's probably been one of the most helpful tools in my life. Um, and so uh, to, to help me experience, especially in this area. And so um, I would just tell you, because as most of us, if not all of us, if we don't deal with the issue of forgiveness in our lives, we'll end up learning to self-medicate in some way. Now, as good church-going Christian folk, right, we won't talk about, we won't talk about the addictions that aren't okay. But we find ways, even if you don't overdrink or you don't abuse drugs, even if you don't uh, have a sexual addiction, how many of you, let's, I won't ask. <laughs> I'll raise my hand for all of us. Self-medicating through ice cream. You know what I mean? Uh, it's food. You know, we, we say it in joke, we, I'm an emotional eater. Hmm. So what I'm saying is that I'm turning to food instead of allowing God to bring his peace into my life. But that one's okay, right? We're church-going people. We can eat a lot. We can have buffets. Now, here I am. I'm meddling again, right? It's a practice series. I can do this. And I'm pointing at me. Trust me. Um, the reality is we'll find ways to self-medicate. Sometimes one of those that we do in the church is we like to get really busy for God. If I keep myself busy enough, I don't have to think about the pain that's in my life. Well, a lot of times that pain is relational pain that's based on not living a life of forgiveness, whether it's offering forgiveness or making amends. And we're going to talk about these things. This is so principle number six out of Celebrate Recovery. And I just want to tell you, we're going to look at this because God wants us to walk in the freedom and newness of life that he's provided. But so often this area stops us. And here you go. Celebrate Recovery principle number six, evaluate all my relationships. Offer forgiveness to those who have hurt me and make amends for the harm I've done to others. Now hear this, and we'll get to this part in a second. Except when to do so would harm them or others. And I'll come back to that in a minute. But this is important because there's a couple things here that are important. Um, you know, this principle doesn't specifically say reconciliation, okay? But it's all about the process of reconciliation. As Brian and I, uh, you know, talked, um, as he explained last week, reconciliation isn't something that one person can make happen, right? He said forgiveness is something that we can do, God and we, we figure it out, we walk through it, we can forgive. But when it comes to reconciliation, it takes two. It takes action on both parties' part. It, 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 it's, you can't have reconciliation just because you want it, but we sure can do our part, can't we? And that's what we're required to do. That's where we're at. We, we 
have to look at the action required of ourselves and walk forward in obedience and continue to surrender control of the situation and of the other person to God. We let go of trying to be in control of the situation and we realize that there's one who has control of all. And I want to walk in the freedom that he offered, so I'm going to let go of this. I'm going to, and as most of us experience, God is really the only one who can change anyone's heart and bring healing. And that includes us. So there's two key points to look at in this process. The first is offer forgiveness, and the second is to make amends. We'll start with the first. So how do I forgive those who have hurt me? How do we forgive those who have hurt us? And, and we've talked about this, but I, I want to take us a little bit farther. We've talked for the last three weeks about the forgiveness piece and the heart piece and the head piece and all that. But you know what? There's got to be some action to it. As Mike and I were talking about before the service, there is that moment where I need to go to somebody and say, Allison, I know, I don't think you even knew you hurt me, but you hurt me. And I want you to know that I forgive you. Wow. We need to live that kind of a life. Because you know what? She might say, wow, I had no idea. I had no idea that I hurt you. Has that ever happened? You ever have anybody tell you that you hurt them and you were like completely unaware? Man, have I been there. You guys know I'm like a freight train half the time, you know? I'm just cruising along and people are like, wow, you were so rude to me the other day. I'm like, how? And they're like, you, you totally, I tried to talk to you and ignored me and I'm like, I'm so sorry, I didn't even know you were there. And they're like, yeah, I know. And, 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 but if, if you don't come to me, guess what happens? That person is resentful. They get hurt and they carry it. And I like to say I've never done that, but I have. I've gotten hurt by people and I didn't want to say anything I didn't know. And I'm like, am I just being petty? Am I? Well, you know what? If you're still thinking about it, you better go say something. And give them the opportunity to say to you, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to... Like, I had no idea that I hurt you. I had, bring it up. Let's be a family. Let's be, let's communicate. It's good. But, but we need this. And so, so we need action on top of it. The first thing, though, that we have to do is we have to experience God's forgiveness completely. It's more than just learning about it. It's more than just knowing that Jesus died to offer us forgiveness. He, you know, this still blows my mind. When, when we see the cross, it's more than an icon or a piece of jewelry to us. It's, it's such depth and symbolism of the fact that, that, that our God put on skin like one of us and came and lived life like us but never sinned and then went to the cross as the only sinless sacrifice. And the Word of God says that once for all, the just for the unjust, He took all of sin of all mankind, of all humankind for all of time onto Himself. And I don't quite get it. I know it happened. I know it's true. I've experienced the forgiveness because of it. And I know and believe the word of God is true. And I've seen over and over other things that prove to me this isn't just a blind faith. So I know this is true. But wow, wow. Like he did that for us. And that's huge. And yet I can know that and never experience it. And I think it's important for us to understand that we need those times when we sit before God and say, God, I don't quite get how that can be, but I've seen the freedom that you've given other people in my life. 
I've seen what you do. I've seen what happens. And, and, and I read about this and I, and I see and I want to learn it. So I'm just going to ask you, God, 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we do. We confess our sin and say, God, I know that I haven't always obeyed your law. I haven't always lived according to your way, and I ask forgiveness. And Lord, I'd love for you to forgive me. And you know what he'll do? Keep his word, and he'll forgive you. And he forgives us, and I'll never forget. And it's a good thing I never had to do that again, right? (laughs) I do that all the time. I come back to him and say, Lord, man, I'm trying. And he says, you're very trying. No, he doesn't. No, it's the reality is he knows that I'm not perfect. That's why he died for me. And so when I come to him and I say, Lord, I'm trying, please help me. And God, I'm here to confess to you. And I just, you know, here's the stuff that I've been dealing with. And and I just need your forgiveness. And, And I sit before him and I allow his forgiveness to permeate my soul. And I stop and I just say, God, help me to know, help me to experience your forgiveness. And I do, and I experience his forgiveness. And it's incredible. And if you've never done that, today's a great day to do that. Today is a day to just cry out to God and say, please, forgive me. Help me to experience it more than just in my head, but in my life. Because there's such freedom and joy that comes in being forgiven. And the second thing, Brian talked about this last week. We need to recall are hurt. We need to remember it. We need to recall it. We need to, to walk back into it. I, I want to tell you one of the things, I'm not a big journaler, okay? I, I don't know if any of you are like me. I usually buy at least one journal a year, and I fill about three pages. Like for the first week or two of the year, I'm like, man, I'm journaling. I'm going to journal this year. And then by mid-January, maybe February, where's that journal? And then, you know, you go to a retreat or you go to, you know, oh, I want to, where's my journal? I got a journal. And you go, oh, I wrote for like six days. That was neat. Well, one thing I have learned, though, and this is really important. This is a good one. Um, It's tough to do, but it's important. Um, When you begin to walk through your hurt, when you look at and you pray and say, God, help me. And this is going to be tough, guys. And I want to encourage you to do it if you haven't ever is evaluate all your relationships. Start from when you were young and go till now and say, Lord, help me to just look through my life and recall the times I was hurt. Where are the wounds that have come into my life? Some of them are perception. Some of them may not even be real. Brian talked about that. But they were real to you. They hurt. And, and they left marks. They left scars. They left wounds. And, and, and we, haven't, we haven't really probably walked through a lot of that. And you might say, why would I want to go back to that? Well, I'm going to tell you, because God wants to bring healing to all of that. He wants you to to walk through it. And as you, as you know, I make a list and I write down everyone I can think of or every organization or every whatever that's hurt me. And I write down how I was hurt. And, And I try and write down what I felt as I went through that. Like, what was it? What was the wound? What, what was it? And, and you know what I've found as I do that? A lot of the things a lot of the lies that I believe about myself, a lot of the fears that I have, like fears of being unwanted or fears of not belonging or fear, uh, you know, living in the approval trap or the performance trap, those things are all based out of, or most of them are based out of wounds that happened throughout my life. But I found that the more that I allow God to help me forgive people, 
the more freedom I get. The more I begin to experience real life in Him. He wants me to be healthy and whole. And a lot of times people have hurt us and they don't even know they've hurt us. Some do, but some don't. And we walk through it and we go through that. Well, we make our list, and I'm going to tell you what to do with the list in a minute. But we make our list and then we do begin to pray through it. And, and we release the offender, you know? We, we begin to, uh, by act of will, and we've talked about this over the last few weeks, but, but we make a choice to forgive. Based out of the forgiveness that God's given us, we're able to forgive. And so I say, God, I, I don't think this would be possible without you, but I'm going to forgive these people, and I'm going to walk through this. And I, and I literally pray through that whole list, one at a time, God, this situation or this person, this is how I got hurt, this is how they hurt me, this is... Please, God, help me to forgive them. I want to release them right now. And I say the words, I forgive this person for this thing. And, and you might say, wow, that's kind of wild. You go through, yeah, I do. Because I think there's power in words and it's important for us to say those things. And I'm saying them to me and God, I'm not with anybody. This is just me. And I'm walking through this list and it's so good. And, and I'm releasing them. And, and it gets me ready because... It allows me to exchange my hurt for God's peace. It's amazing what happens, this divine transfer where I trade the bondage of bitterness, that, that depth, that drawer that I talked about that's there. I, I begin to let God empty that and replace inside of me this freedom of forgiveness, this, this different way, this life, you know? When Jesus said to those who believe, I will give the streams or rivers of living water that flow from them. I really believe this is a big part of it. It's God bringing his healing into us and then it'll flow out of us. But he has to heal what's going on in there for it to flow freely. And so we walk through it. But, hear me, it doesn't stop with just you and the list and God. God then wants you to begin to go to those people. Now, I'll talk about it in a minute, what happens when you can't go to those people, or you shouldn't. You know, some you don't know where they are. Some, some on my list have passed away. Some I don't even, I, I wouldn't even know how to find them. Facebook, kind of, but it's going to be kind of random if I Facebook them and be like, hey, do you remember that time in third grade? You know, no. I mean, you know, if you need to and you're led to, by all means, but we'll talk about this. But there is action on our part that needs to be taken. We need to go to people and we need to offer forgiveness. It's important. You have no idea if they're sitting somewhere else working on their list and they know they need to make amends to you and you may approach them to offer forgiveness and they say, oh, I have been looking for you and I've been praying about this and I really, I am so sorry. You never know. You never know what God is doing in their heart. It takes two to have reconciliation and God is working all over this world, not just in our lives. So we need to know that. Um, Colossians 3.15 says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful. Doesn't that sound great? Doesn't that sound great? I mean, if that's how we live, doesn't that sound great? That's the Jesus way. That's the forgiveness way. Rivers of life flowing out of us. All right, so let's 
let's get this a little real here. Many of you know my story. Um, uh, you've heard my story about my dad and the pain that he caused me from an early age. And um, yeah, wow. Well, I want to tell you that God asked me to work through this with my dad many years ago. And it, was, it, was, it wasn't easy. It was probably one of, if not the hardest thing I've ever had to do. I, 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 I didn't like it. I didn't want to do it. I, I, I didn't even know how to forgive my dad. I didn't, my pain had become part of me. It, it, it was amazing it, how it actually defined a lot of who I was and the decisions I made. You know, it was based out of that. That was just part of me. And, and I can't, how can I forgive him, God? Do you know what he did to me? And God says, yeah, I do. And I love you. And I'm going to help you. But how can I just let it go? And so as I walk through this process um, that we've over the last few weeks been talking about, you know, I remember going through it for this time with my dad and trying to, you know, trying to go through this. And I'm journaling. Trust me, I journaled a lot about my dad. I had lots, lots of anger and hatred and just, oh, just pain. And he had hurt so many people in my life along with me. And I was so mad. And, but as I walked through this process, God gave me the strength to make the choice to forgive, to let him off my hook and let him be on God's, to say, God, I'm going to stop being his judge. I, 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 you know, and I have to be honest, when I first did that, I did it because I thought if I let him off my hook, he'll be on God's and God will get him with his holy smiter. You know, God's going to stomp on him. You know, God will get him. And, and then I realized, actually, God said, no, when you turn him over to me, now I can work in his life the way I've been working in yours. You're getting out of the way. And I'm like, but wait, I don't want you to forgive him. And he says, so have you really forgiven yet? Okay, Lord. And so I worked through this process and I got to the place where I forgave him. And it was amazing, and it was great. And then God made it clear that, um, that I needed to walk in the freedom and maturity that he was bringing in my life and actually tell my dad that I forgave him. I thought I couldn't get harder. And I'll never forget. And a mentor at the time told me, don't go with strings attached don't go with expectation because just because you're ready for this doesn't mean he, you can't expect him to, to, to throw open his arms and say, oh, thank you for forgiving me, you know. But you know what? what? What child, even a grown man, the little boy in me longed for that so badly. I, I, I just, in my head, even though I shouldn't have, I had in my head the way this was going to go. And, and I knew I was going to be strong. I was going to go in. And I started. And I did. I legitimately went in. I sat down. I said, Dad, I got I to gotta talk to you. My dad was a serious alcoholic. And I knew he knew 12 steps. And he knew all this. So I said, I, I, I need to have the forgiveness and amends talk with you. And he says, OK. And I said, um, Dad, I want to start with this. I need to apologize. I need to ask your forgiveness. He's like, for what? And I said, I've hated you. I've wanted bad things to happen to you. I've, I can't even tell you, oh, dad. And I just unpacked. And I said, I said, but I want you to know something. I'm sorry for that. And I've realized that, that Jesus Christ died for me and he forgave me from all of my stuff. And I can't live being like that anymore. And I need you to know that that, that I completely 
you know, well, I need, I, 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 I'm asking for your forgiveness for that. And, and he, says, he says to me, okay. And I said, and the second thing I need to do, Dad, is tell you, you did hurt me. You hurt me bad. And I unpacked. And this is that moment where I'm thinking that my dad's going to say, I'm sorry. He looked at me in the eye and he said, okay. And I was so deeply mature and spiritual that I didn't want to punch him in the face. No, I was, I was like, God, how can this be going like this? How can, it's supposed to be, I mean, come on, Hallmark movies, it works. And, and I'm like freaking out in this moment, you know? And I'll tell you, I left that day, I walked out, and I'll never forget walking out of his apartment, and I'm, and I'm kind of bummed, more than kind of bummed. I'm just like, Lord, all of that work and all of that time, and I finally, and all of a sudden, God says, lift up your head. And he said, I am so proud of you. I am so proud of you. And, and I want to tell you that it's in that, it's in that moment that, the, like, wow, you... God lifted my head and brought a smile back to my face and he reminded me that I'd been obedient to him and I had chosen to walk in his way, the way of forgiveness, the way of my new father, the way of freedom. And now, he said, it's between him and me. Um, I'll leave that story there. Some of you know the down the road stuff to it, but I want you to know that I walked away that day free. I had done all I could do, and now it was between him and God. I could pray for him, and it was weird because I began to love my dad. It was so hard, it was so weird, and I could tell you story after story about how crazy it got. And all that God asked Beth and I to do in that process. But we were able to love him. And watch God work in him. Hmm. We are only responsible for our part. We are called to be forgivers. As tough as it is, it's worth it. All right, that's the first part. The second part I'd like to tell you is so much easier, but it's not. The second piece is this. How do we make amends to those we've hurt? Um, this one's really, really important. You've probably, in fact, I know you've heard this passage over the last few weeks at least once, but um, Matthew 5, 23 to 24 says, so if you're standing before the altar in the temple, offering a sacrifice to God, and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there beside the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. Do you hear the seriousness of this? Like, don't even worship God until you go and make it right. Wow, how many times do we separate that? How many times have I come in and sung my lungs out and worshiped and, man, I'm all about it, and, and, and God's going, hey, I really want you to go fix this. I'm like, eh, later, later, later. They're like, is that a new move? You know, I'm like, no. It, I just don't want to deal with that right now. And God says, you can't separate. You're one being, you know. 
that drawer doesn't really exist. I see all of that. It's all there. It's blocking what I want to do in you and through you. And, and I want to bring some freedom. And he says, Go, just stop what you're doing. Because what would be more important to me, what would be more worshipful to me is for you to live my way, the way of forgiveness. Go make this right. Because unresolved relational issues become a root of bitterness that hinders us and those around us from experiencing the life that God designed us and redeemed us for. And that's the bottom line. So how do we do it? Well, we start the same way. Ready? Get out your notebook again. We're going to make another list. And we're going to go from the beginning that we can remember to the end. And, and we're going to make this list of what we've done to hurt people. Make a list of those that we've harmed and what we did to harm them. Wow. Not a fun list. Now, I'm going to tell you, I'll give you a little stimulus here. Ready? Maybe um, there were times you borrowed money and didn't pay it back or broken promises or you were over-controlling or over-possessive or hypercritical or maybe you were abusive verbally or emotionally or physically or you were unfaithful or you were lying or gossip or forgetting important things or, or abandoning, just to name a few, okay? But as I was talking with a friend about this, um, she shared with me a story um, about how, about how at her first retreat as a new Christian, um, they came to this, this process of, of writing down, they were going to write down these kind of things, the things they had done to harm, you know, to, to areas they needed forgiveness in. And, and they were going to write them all down. And as she said, as she sat there looking around, all these people around her were writing and crying. And she said, I was like, I, I couldn't think of much. And I was thinking, am I here with all these terrible sinners? Or is there something wrong with me? And she said she prayed. And when she prayed and asked God to show her, all of a sudden, the ink about ran dry. She was the last one to stop writing, and she was in tears. And they took their lists, and then they went and burned them in a fireplace, which is a beautiful way to handle it. Um, we need to uh, do this, but I'm going to encourage you to do something with your list before you do that. But we need to make this list. We need to. And it seems awful. And sometimes you're scared to make the list because you don't want to look at it and you definitely don't want anyone else to see it. But we do. We make this list. And it might be little things and it might be big things. And it might be things that you've already taken care of, you've already talked to. But you know what? If it comes to your mind, to your heart, write it down. If it's still taking up space in your brain, write it down. And then you're going to first talk to God about it, you know? Bring them to God and talk to Him and, and, and walk through it in any place that you need forgiveness, you know, as you go through each one. But then, then you say, God, help me be willing to make amends to these people. Wow. Wow. So when I first learned about needing to do that, it terrified me. I thought, I'm supposed to go to people I've hurt and go make it right. And this person brought me to the scripture, Matthew 5, and said, yes. Like, in fact, it was so important that Jesus said, put your gift down. Don't even, don't even worship until you start living this. Now, can you take care of all of it before you worship Jesus? No. Can you take care of all of it in five weeks of a forgiveness series? No. Right now, I'm working on a list that I made this year. And I'm, I'm working on a list, and I'm starting to, and, and, and I'm going to tell you how I kind of walk through it. This has been very helpful to me, but we need to think of how we would like others to make amends to us, okay? Um, 
because Luke 6.31, the golden rule, right? Do unto others, you know, uh, do, do unto others or do for others as you would like them to do for you. So if I were them, how would I want the apology and how or what should be done? Like, it isn't really just about me, you know, it's about them. And how do I need to make this right? How do I go about this? So, so we do, and we take our list, and we ask some questions like, when would be the right time? Pray through it. When would be the right time? Don't just drop a bomb on them, you know? Don't just walk up and be like, hey, I know you've been really mad at me for a long time, Jim, and I just want to tell you, I'm really sorry, okay? Are we cool? Who's that for? That wasn't about Jim at all. You know what I mean? That's, it's, it's really, if, if we're going to be about making amends, we have to think about them, not us. And so, so we say, when is the right time? I mean, Ecclesiastes 8.6 tells us there's a proper time and procedure for every matter. And so if that's the case, then this is important for us to think through. We need to think through. When is the right time for this? And second, do I have the right attitude? In what attitude would I want the apology? Am I just trying to get it over with or am I really trying to make it right? You know, am I really walking through this? Am I trying to make it right? Ephesians 4.15 says uh, that, that we mature in Christ when we speak the truth in love. When we speak it in what? We speak the truth in love. So I can't go with expectation. I can't go saying, I'm going to go and I'm going to apologize. And they're going to be like, hey, that's awesome, buddy. You know, you might get what I got from my dad when I apologized first. Okay. You might. Is that your responsibility? No. If you know that you went and you prayed and said, God, when should I do this? God, how should I do this? Help me to have a humble heart. Help me to go in love and, 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 and ask forgiveness for what I've done. Make amends. You go to do that. And they don't receive it or they don't want it. You know what? If you've gone in the right heart truly and you're the only one, you and God are the only ones that can know that. You know? If you've done that, that's between them and God now. You can release it doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. I'm, you're, we're real people. Trust me. But it does mean that you're going to experience some freedom in this because you're letting them. You're, you're taking care of what God's asking you to do. You're walking in the way of forgiveness. And so it's important. And then what's the appropriate method? Proverbs 12, 18 says, reckless words pierce like a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. And there are a few things to consider as we do this. What's the appropriate method? Everyone hear this. When you're making amends, texting is not okay. You don't say you're sorry with this. It's just not okay. It's horrible. I understand maybe you can't see the person or whatever, um, you know, but if you have a phone anymore, we can FaceTime. At least look in their eyes, you know what I mean? Like get with them. Uh, it's amazing how connected we are that, that now the amends list that, you know, the first time I ever did this was years ago. And, and the first time to walk through this, I was like, I don't know where I'll ever see those people. And then Facebook happened. And so I had prayed through these things. And then all of a sudden I'm like, wow, I can actually connect with people and you can get on the phone and maybe you can't, you know, uh, you can't get with them in person, but you can do these things, but just don't text. Okay. Email is sort of okay. If there's no other option, a letter, Handwritten in your writing is even better, but the best is face-to-face. -face. When you're going to make amends with somebody, the best is eye-to-eye. -eye. Look him in the eye and admit what you did was wrong. Tell him you're sorry. And you don't beg for forgiveness. 
That's not the point. You don't require a response from them. You just tell them that you know what you did was wrong and you are very sorry for it. And you hope that one day they'll be able to forgive you. That's hard. But you can't require something of them. We want to. You'll almost always ask for it. Please forgive me. Because we need that. We want that. But that's not fair. Because you don't know if this is the beginning of the journey God's going to take them on or if he's got them prepared for you to come. You're the one that caused the pain. you got to just do your part and let it there. Um, so like I, I was saying with when you're on your other list, it's the same here. If you don't know where they are or if they maybe passed away already, uh, you know, um, or... Um, that exception that I read on the principle that said, except when to do so would harm them or others. There are times um, that you can't or shouldn't um, be in contact with people you've hurt. And I'll leave it at that. I think we're all grown-ups and we all know there are times that for me to get in contact with somebody in a situation wouldn't bring healing. You know? Um, I'm not giving you an easy way out. You need to do what God says if there's a letter involved or maybe a third party letter. I don't know. There, if you need help with that, please talk to me. We'll walk through it together. But, but what I'm saying is you know there are times that opening a door back up between you and someone else, whether you're asking them for forgiveness or offering it, um, sometimes when people have hurt us, we don't need to reopen a door to tell them we forgive them because it may reopen a relationship that wasn't healthy. And so um, you have to be cautious. And that's why, uh, you know, Brian talked about last week about the empty chair, and this has been a big one for me, is to sit across from the empty chair and, and envision that person there and have that conversation with them. Um, I've also been encouraged and have done a couple times writing a letter to someone that I'll never mail, you know? Um, because I don't know where they are or they've passed away. You know, those kind of things. You, you still need that. You need to walk through the process. It's good. So we do that. You know, use an empty chair. And, and like I said, if you need help with that, please, uh, by all means. But, but as you're working through your list, and if some of you are sitting here thinking, I'm not making a list, well, I'm sorry for you. Wow. I did just say that. This is important. I'm telling you this from personal experience, the freedom that comes will blow your minds. Because then we start living with a thimble, not a dump truck. When someone hurts us or we hurt someone, we take care of it right away because that thimble fills up way quick. And we need to live this way. It's the Jesus way. Romans 12, 18 says, if, it's, if, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. You have to do your part. I'll give you one more story as I close. I have a really good friend, known him for a long time, asked for permission to share this story because um, it happened recently. We, we've been through, I mean, I've known him for since I was a kid, and um, we've been through the highs and the lows. And in the last few years, um, a situation arose that um, I got mad at him. And I, 
you know, it might have been a little petty, but not really. I, he didn't ask my advice on something really important, and it caused pain to people I love, and even himself, and, 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 and it really bothered me, and I got offended and hurt, and I got mad. So I cut him off, and I didn't talk to him. Now, I also know that my friend doesn't know Jesus, and he and I have stayed connected, probably the only friend I've stayed connected with throughout most of my life. And so, yeah, it's bothered me, but I was mad. And when we're mad, we punish people, right? Well, I started praying recently, um, and, and I started praying for people. You know, I, in fact, I shared about evangelism recently and talked about different people I've prayed and put them on a list and started praying and asking God to use me in their life to love them and help them see how much he loves them. And two days after I made that list, my friend called me. And I'm like, thanks, God. Because um, now what? So I said, hey, we should get together. And he was like, man, I would love that. So we went, we had lunch. And as I'm walking into lunch, I'm like, God, how do I even start with this? He said, you say you're sorry. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. And he says, no, you know what you did. You own your part right now. And I'm like having this discussion, walking through the parking lot with God. And I go in and I sit down. I'm like, hey, how's it going? You know, and you have the whole catching up thing. And then all of a sudden it was like that moment. And I said, I need to, um, I need to do something. He said, okay. And I said, I need to ask your forgiveness, man. I need to apologize. I said, and he said, what for? I said, because I have been a crappy friend. I said, I've been horrible. I said, I got mad at you. He said, I know. I probably deserved it. That's besides the point. That was no excuse for me to treat you the way I did. And, and I'm sorry. You know, I want to tell you the coolest thing happened. He, for, he accepted my, or he forgave me and, and, and accepted my apology. And, and then we had a great conversation and it opened a door for a depth of conversation that we've never had. And before he got out of the car at his house, we talked and God said, don't just tell him you'll pray for him, pray for him now. And I prayed with him and it was amazing the conversation we had and, and how it's opened up. And he recently, the other night, he texted me and he's like, hey, I just, um, I, I won't even read it to you, but it was so powerful because he basically said, I'm coming to realize that your way is the way I need. And I'm like, what, what is happening right now? And... Um, yeah, it's, um, so this story and the story of my dad ended quite different, quite different. We have no guarantees about the outcome because reconciliation requires action from both parties. On one hand, there was reconciliation. On the other, there wasn't at that point. And, 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 you know, what they both, both of these stories have something in common though, and, and that is, um, there's something that we can expect. I tell you, don't go in with strings attached. Don't go in with expectations. But you can expect one thing. Um, and if you guys want to come, I'm closing. Um, if we walk in the way of forgiveness, in both offering it to those who've hurt us and making amends with those we've hurt, if we walk in the way of forgiveness, we can expect to experience the blessing of obedience. 
there's something that happens, you know. Um, it, 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 it's amazing. In Job 11, 13 to 16, it says, If only you would prepare your heart and lift up your hands to Him in prayer. Get rid of your sins and leave all your iniquity behind you. Then your face would brighten in innocence. You, you will be strong and free of fear. You'll forget your misery. It will all be gone like water under the bridge. And, and, and as I read that, I just think, doesn't that sound great? That, that our countenance, our face would brighten. Our, our, we would be strong and free of fear. That, that, that we'd forget our misery. That all will be gone like water under the bridge. You know? In both of my stories as well as in the story that God's going to write in each one of our lives as we choose to follow Him. Okay? If you put these things into practice that we've been talking about, as we begin to walk in this way, if we'll walk in the way of Jesus and seek reconciliation by practicing forgiveness and making amends, we will experience the blessing of obedience. Even if it takes time or even if the other person never responds, we will experience a freedom that comes from living out of the nature of Jesus that's been placed inside of us. We will sense the smile of our Father as we reflect Him and resemble Him to the people He puts in our lives. And that's what He calls us to. Lord Jesus, I pray for for everyone here tonight. I pray first that we would all experience your forgiveness wholeheartedly. And out of that, God, we would walk in the way of forgiveness. That we would be people who offer forgiveness to those who hurt us. And we would be people who make amends to those that we've hurt. That we would be serious about this, God. That we would walk in the strength that you give us. That we would live out of the nature that you've placed in us. I lived a long time, God, with a root of bitterness deep inside of me. And I thank you for the freedom you brought, and I pray that for each one here. Free us that we might know life and life to the full. In Jesus' name, amen.